We're going to be learning Reb Lazar Silver's ideas on Akedas Yitzchak. He raises some halachic issues and explores some of the answers and some of the themes of that. Uh, he begins with a medrash in the Yalkut Shimoni, uh, and this is also in the Psikta Rabosi. The medrash says that uh, Avram Avinu became a Kohen Gadol in order to bring Yitzchak as a carbon. That's how the Medrash reads the word Moriah. Avraham was commanded to bring Yitzchak to Eretz Moriah. So the Medrash says that the word Moriah comes from the word Timura, which means to exchange. And Avraham became the Kohen Gadol in exchange in place of Shem ben Noah, who was the former pre Matan Torah, Kohen Gadol, exact, whatever exactly that means. Now, the uh, question over here is, why did Avraham have to be a Kohen Gadol in order to sacrifice his son when even a regular Kohen can bring a sacrifice? Why couldn't he just become a Kohen Hedyot, a regular Kohen? Why did he need to be a Kohen Gadol? So, Reb Lazer goes through that there's actually three different traditions in Chazal as to what happened to Avraham. Tradition number one is, as we said, he became a Kohen Gadol. Uh, tradition number two is that he actually only became a Kohen. This appears in uh, Bracious Rabbah and elsewhere in the Yalkut Shimoni on the Parshas Vayera, that uh, Avraham did not become a Kohen Gadol. He became a regular Kohen, and that was sufficient. And uh, the third tradition is that Avraham became a firstborn, a Bechor. And before the giving of the Torah, so a Bechor, the firstborns were the ones that did the service, not the Kohanim. So Reb Lazer analyzes these uh, three traditions, and he says that it seems that the one that states Avraham became a Bechor is the most sensible, because the Mishnah in Zvachim says that before the Mishkan, so the service used to be done by the firstborns. So it would make most sense that Avraham became a firstborn. He notes that uh, the Bracious Rabbah holds that Avraham was actually a firstborn. So uh, nothing would have had to happen. He was he was the firstborn of his family and would have been eligible for the Avoda. Uh, the Bamidbar Rabbah obviously holds that he was not born first, but uh, he was transformed into a Bechor. So Reb Lazer asks, why did Avraham have to be a Kohen at all? According to the second tradition that he became a Kohen, why was it necessary to be a Kohen and not a firstborn? So he answers something interesting. He says that the, the difference between a Bama, which was the private altars which were used before the Mishkan. Now, there were communal Bamas, so it wasn't all just one person creating an altar for themselves, but the key point of the Bamos was that they were not chosen by God where to be. Right? They, uh, the people would choose where to locate this altar. The Mishkan differed because the Mishkan was a place chosen by God, and that's what made it distinct. So Reb Lazer argues that the place of Akedas Yitzchak had the same halacha as the Mishkan because it too was chosen by God. So even though this was long before the Mishkan historically, but it functioned the same as the place of the Mishkan because God had chosen it and therefore it needed a Kohen. So uh, that's the first idea he suggests. Um, his Rebbe, Reb Meir Simcha, in his commentary on the Torah, the Meshachachma, in Breshis, Perak Ches, Pasuk Chaf, uh, when he's discussing the Mizbeach that Noah used, so he says a very uh, similar thing, that uh, places which were chosen by God are considered like the Mishkan, even though they are long before the Mishkan historically. And uh, interestingly enough, Reb Nachum Zemba 
also quotes from the Magen Avram the same idea that uh, a place which was chosen by God, like Eretz Moriah for Akedas Yitzchak, that that would have the same halacha as the place of the Mishkan. So uh, that's why you would need a Kohen. Uh, but still, why would you need a Kohen Gadol, right? The third tradition holds that uh, Avraham was transformed into a Kohen Gadol, not just a regular Kohen. So uh, we still don't understand why you would need a Kohen Gadol. So Reb Lazar's uh, two Rabbeim, Reb Meir Simcha and the Rogachever, both dealt with this issue. Reb Meir Simcha, in his commentary on the Torah, the Meshachachma, in Bereshis, Perak Chaf Aleph, Pasuk Yud Zion, he explains uh, this medrash based on a very powerful drush, uh, that he believes that the moment of the Akedah had the same sanctity as the moment of Yom Kippur. And he proves this because at Yom Kippur, the sanctity was so great in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in the Holy of Holies, that even the angels couldn't be in there. And we find the same thing with the Akedah, that the angel had to call out from heaven, but he himself couldn't come down there. And that shows that it was such intense holiness that the angel could not be around there. So uh, based on this idea that the moment of the Akedah Yitzchak had the same level of holiness as the sanctity of the Kohen Gadol in the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur. So uh, Rabbi Meir Simcha says that's why Avraham needed to be a Kohen Gadol, because only the Kohen Gadol was eligible to do the Yom Kippur service. So if this moment of the Akedah was going to be as intense as the Yom Kippur service, so then it would require a Kohen Gadol and not just a regular Kohen. Now, Reb Lazar's uh, a second Rebbe of his, the Ragachavar, so he was asked this question in a tshuva, and he gave a much more technical halachic answer. He uh, points to the halacha that an onain, someone who loses a relative, is not permitted to do the service in the Beis HaMikdash unless that person is a Kohen Gadol. Because a Kohen Gadol does not become impure to any of his relatives, so uh, he doesn't have any obligations to take care of his relatives who have passed away. So he can continue serving in the Beis HaMikdash. But a regular Kohen who does go to the funerals of his immediate relatives, so then he would have obligations to go participate in their funeral service, so he would have to leave the Beis HaMikdash and stop working. So uh, based on that, says the Rogachever, the moment that Avraham was going to sacrifice Yitzchak, his son, he was going to transform into an onain. He was now going to be have the halachic status of an onain. So therefore, says the Medrash, he had to be transformed into a Kohen Gadol because a Kohen Gadol would be able to continue serving in the Beis HaMikdash as opposed to a regular Kohen who would have to stop serving. So therefore, Avraham, in order to be able to carry out the full Akedah of his son, would have had to be a Kohen Gadol. And uh, this idea, Reb Nachem Zemba also quotes that the Magen Avram in his book Shemen Sason also says. Now, the uh, Ragachavar is asked in a later tshuva that uh, this answer seems to contradict what he himself wrote in his commentary Tzafnas Paneach on the Rambam and Hilchus Nazirus. Uh, the Ragachavar there explained that a Kohen Gadol is allowed to offer someone else's sacrifice, but they cannot bring their own carbon. And uh, this is based Based on a distinction he has there, he explains that there are two reasons why an onain cannot bring a carbon. One is because he's an onain, and the second is because in order to eat the carbon, there has to be a certain level of simcha. 
So uh, based on this, he says that a Kohen Gadol does not become an Onain because uh, he is not metame for his relatives. So uh, that halacha he does not have, and that's why he's able to continue working in the Beis HaMikdash. But certainly when the Kohen Gadol eats his own sacrifice as an onain, he does not have that simcha. There isn't that demeanor that's required for eating a karban. Therefore, says the Ragachavar that the Kohen cannot bring his own karban. Now, with regard to Kedas Yitzchak, Avraham is bringing his own karban. And here, the Ragachavar is explaining that if he's a Kohen Gadol, he can continue doing the avoda even as an onain. But uh, the Ragachavar himself holds that a Kohen Gadol cannot do the service if it's his own karban. So uh, the Rogachever answers that if you read uh, the passage in Safnas Paneach there, he gives a few exceptions. If the carbon was sanctified before the Kohen Gadol became an Onain, uh, or if he became obligated in this carbon before, so then in all those cases he could bring it. Uh, so that would also answer the case of Akedas Yitzchak because Avraham was obligated in the Karban and he made Yitzchak a Karban uh, before becoming an Onain. Uh, Reb Lazer Silver makes an interesting comment here. He says that uh, he was in Morocco and he heard a shear on the Zohar and uh, that shear inspired him to think about this whole issue in a different way and to explain the Rogachevar's position in a new way. So Reb Lazer explains based on what he was thinking inspired by the Zohar that Yitzchak was not actually Avraham's sacrifice. He's a human being. You cannot offer us a human being as a sacrifice. So uh, Yitzchak was either had the status of a carbon seabor, a communal offering, or you might even say that he was Hashem's offering, uh, or you might say that he was his own offering, but he was not Avraham's offering. So therefore, when the Tzafnas Paneach says that a Kohen Gadol cannot bring his own offering, that's not a problem for this case because Yitzchak is not Avraham's offering. Yitzchak is something else, and therefore if Avraham was a Kohen Gadol, he could finish the avoda, finish this sacrifice, even as an one. Now, having come this far, so Reb Lazer develops this idea a bit further, and the central idea that he's uh, discussing is that owning a carbon in financial terms might not be the same as it being your carbon. We can differentiate between those two. One might bring a carbon which they own, but it's not their carbon. Or conversely, we could say this idea that someone might bring a carbon that's there the one organizing this carbon and bringing it, but it's not considered theirs. So this is a very intriguing idea. And uh, Rab Lazer suggests that we might answer a totally different issue with this notion also. There's a Mishnah in Minnachos which discusses a situation where the Kohen Gadol died, and uh, they have not yet appointed a new Kohen Gadol in his place. So the Mishnah wants to know who brought the special offering that the Kohen Gadol would bring daily. So uh, there's a Machlokas, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that the Kohen Gadol's heirs, the Yorshim, would bring it. So uh, the Orsamech and the Ragachavar again are bothered uh, by the issue that how could the heirs bring the sacrifice of the Kohen Gadol that day when they're Onanim, right? How can an Onan bring a sacrifice? 
So Rabbi Meir Simcha in the Or Sameach suggests that because we derive this from a Pasuk, so it might be Exer Sakasuv that this is an exception. In general, an Onain cannot bring a Karban, but in this case, they could. The Ragechavar in Tafnos Paneach and Hilchos Shkalim, uh, he discusses the situation and uh, analyzes whether it's really the heirs, uh, the Yorshim's carbon, or is it on behalf of their father? Is it on behalf of the, uh, does it come from the community? And uh, one of the ideas he suggests is that perhaps if the father had already set aside a carbon, so then uh, those those materials were already indebted to the carbon. They're given over to the carbon, and even though they now belong to the heirs, it doesn't matter because the carbon already had dibs on it before they became onanim, so you could bring it. Okay, so those are two potential answers. Uh, Reb Lazer suggests a third answer. He says that uh, perhaps they would take the one of the Yorshim and they would make him a Kohen Gadol, a uh, temporary Kohen Gadol, and uh, that way he was able to offer the sacrifice because a Kohen Gadol, even as an Onain, is able to bring a sacrifice. So that's Reb Lazer's way around this problem. But uh, Reb Lazer raises the issue here that the Minchas Chinoch says a Kohen Gadol Onain can only bring a sacrifice if he was a Kohen Gadol before he became an Onain. Then uh, he's allowed to continue working. But if he was an Onain, and then they made him a Kohen Gadol, so then he's not allowed to sacrifice. So uh, that would seem to contradict Reb Lazer's answer here that you take the heir, the Yoresh, you make him a Kohen Gadol, and then he could bring the carbon. So uh, Reb Lazer answers based on the notion that he just developed that since this situation, the Kohen Gadol is bringing this carbon in order to make himself a Kohen Gadol. It's through this carbon that he now becomes the Kohen Gadol. He brings this as his first act as a Kohen Gadol. So uh, Reb Lazer makes the almost radical suggestion that we don't even view that as his own personal sacrifice. We view that as something that's so totally to Hashem that it's almost as if it's not his sacrifice and he's able to bring that even though he was an Onain before he became a Kohen Gadol. So again, Reb Lazer's not saying any of this definitively, but it's a very intriguing idea that ownership of a Karban or organizing a Karban might not necessarily mean that it's your Karban. There are times when Karban is so much to Hashem, like Akedas Yitzchak, that we don't even view it as your Karban. So that's uh, something to think about. Now, Reb Lazer raises another problem with Akedas Yitzchak, and that is that uh, once Avraham realized that he wasn't going to bring Yitzchak, he brought a ram, Elo Shal Avraham Avinu. And uh, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, this is also reiterated in the Gemara in Psachim, Nundalaram and Aleph, says that that ram was created at the beginning of creation. Now, Reb Lazer asks a question over here, which is that the Mishnah in, at the beginning of Para says that a, an animal that's brought as a carbon cannot be old. There's a machlokus exactly how old it can be, two or three or maybe four or five, but the, either way, five years old is about the maximum that a, an animal can be in order to be a carbon. So uh, this ram that Avraham used that day was uh, centuries old. It was thousands of years old. So uh, how was Avraham able to use this as a carbon? So again, another technical halachic issue with the story of Akedas Yitzchak.
So Reb Lazer offers two different answers to this in uh, two places. Uh, one is based on the Shai Lamora, which is quoted by the Sefer Makor Baruch. And uh, he says that the, all the rules governing that an old animal cannot be brought as a carbon only apply in the Beis HaMikdash. But on Abama, the private altars that preceded the Beis HaMikdash... There you can bring an animal regardless of how old it is. So it says Reb Lezer, since Akedas Yitzchak was a bama, so it didn't matter how old the animal was. Now, again, this contradicts what he said before, that that place of Akedas Yitzchak was considered like a Mizbeach, and that's why it needed a Kohen. Uh, but he's entertaining different ideas, so uh, in different places he's suggesting different views. Uh, that's answer number one, that since this was a bama, it was an exception to the rule that an animal cannot be too old. Uh, the second answer that Reb Lezer suggests is based on a comment of the Mishnah Lamelech, and uh, he's quoting here the Karban Aharon. And uh, this is also quoted in the Tosos Yom, Yom Tov on Para. And uh, they suggest that the rule of how old an animal is really is an indication of how healthy the animal is. So uh, the real halacha is that you cannot bring a sickly animal. But a healthy animal, which is older, would not be a big problem. Uh, just in general, the way to measure how healthy an animal is, is to see how old it is. So uh, that's why the rabbis made rules about the age of the animal, but uh, the essential rule is that it cannot be sickly. Uh, now, Reb Lazer believes that this position of the carbon Aharon, even though it's not the literal reading of the Mishnah, uh, but he believes that there's proof for this in Rashi, in Chulin Dafchov Gimel Amid Aleph. Rashi there makes the comment that a ram, once it's 13 months old, it's uh, considered an a ram and it's kosher for a carbon forever. Now, well, what do you mean forever? It should, it's only two or three or four or five years, depending on the position in the Mishnah. So Reb Lazer believes that this Rashi agrees with the Karban Aharon, that uh, really, in Torah, you could use any animal so long as it's healthy. And the uh, Midrabanan, they legislated it based on the years. But if it's healthy, so then it's able to be used. So that would also explain the Isle of Avram Avinu. This was a healthy ram, so even though it was many centuries old, it was okay to be used as a carbon. Uh, I will just note in conclusion that the Vilna Gaon in Para uh, was very against this carbon Aharon, and uh, he comments that we don't give reasons for the rules of the Torah, and uh, then based on that, go ahead and change what it says explicitly in the Mishnah is prohibited, and say that you're allowed to to use it. So uh, this, uh, even though it's accepted by the Tosos Yom Tov and the Mishnah Lamelech, but the Vilna Gaon was very against it.